1: Dave?
0: All kids!
1: Okay, your noise gate ate some of that, and I'm counting that as a good thing. Tori?
0: (laughs) Hello, Internet.
1: And we start every week with good thing, and mine was that Dave's noise gate ate some of that. Craig, you're up.
2: Okay, well, I think this good thing will be just uh, for me, because it's that time of year, guys. My daughter turned two. This is really weird. Guys, it's really weird that we've been recording for so long. It's been like four years. Anyway, my daughter turned two. She's my good thing. It's like four and a
1: half years now.
2: I know. Um, the The second year birthday party did go a lot better than the first year birthday party. Uh, so shout outs to that. And we survived it. And yeah, it was it was pretty good. And, you know, she's growing up. She's starting to assert herself more now that she's reached the that age where everything is annoying but uh yeah, and i
3: just have to survive
1: her being too yeah
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah but
3: that's is,
2: okay
1: it is stereotypically like literally the worst year just yeah just the worst and uh in my personal experience three for three the worst year
2: All right. well so yeah she's definitely starting to express herself more and y- you know it's that thing where like something weird happens like oh she broke her cracker or we we cut her sandwich in half for something, and it's just like the end of the world.
3: Or you don't let like the dog drive was an example <laughs> Mike
1: gave previously
3: <laughs> that I
2: thought was pretty good. <laughs> so, uh, but you know what? She's still my good thing. So there you go.
1: Or she wanted to drink out of the purple cup instead of the green cup, but you don't have a purple cup,
2: guys. You're speaking. You're speaking the truth, but you know, parents. Parents know this. Those listeners. Who happen to, to be a parent you know how it'd be all right so sounds like
3: it's dave's turn so uh my good thing this week is uh just i appreciate the fact that supermarkets cut your meat and your fish for you and take all the bones out and like trim it like that's so good i got i bought a salmon and it didn't even have any bones in it and i'm like i don't have a big enough cutting board i don't have a really sharp knife i have to like Cut it with a serrated knife and it's terrible and it's not portioned out correctly, and I have to take the skin off by myself. But man, like you just they, they like they, they hook
1: you up, they cut your meat nice and good for you. So I appreciate that. I mean, being able to break down meat like that is actually a really awesome skill to have, and yeah. having a sharp knife also very important in the kitchen.
3: Yeah, I did not have the correct tools or know-how to do a clean job, and I was really just portioning it out. And there were, like, a little bit of bones on the end, and that was, that was it. It wasn't, even, it wasn't even, like, a hard version of the task, but I, was, I felt so overwhelmed
1: doing it. Well, sounds like you need to start investing some time in some YouTube cooking shows. Binging with Babish. And Sorted Food. Those are my go-tos. They do good stuff. Anywho, I think it's time for my good thing, which isn't actually the good thing I said it was at the beginning. Uh, oh, bamboozled. What it actually is, is I got to guest on a friend's podcast, and we talked about Project Hail Mary, uh, which is Andy Weir's third book, uh, after The Martian and Artemis, and it's it's a fun space adventure, and the podcast that I guested on is called Libramancy, and the person that I guested with, whose podcast it is, is Chesky Cure. And I pronounced that wrong because he throws a lot of extra inflection and, like, flavor on his name. And I won't do that. Uh, he puts a little French on it. Maybe. Like, Chesky Cure. I honestly don't know what, what like, pronunciation he's going for there. But, yeah. Liebermancy. Chesky Cure. Project Hail Mary. Andy Weir. And now it's time for Tori.
0: Tori's good thing is pudding. I like pudding.
1: Pudding I, what? Where?
0: Just pudding. I've had a really sad stomach this week and because I have a lot of like acid reflux problems and pudding.
1: Pudding oh. anything anyway. Oh, man. So earlier this week, I had some pudding. Uh, it was like Dove vanilla bourbon dark chocolate. It was real good. Um, Ooh. But I'm also lactose intolerant, so the entire rest of my night was real bad. And then I got some real good vanilla ice cream from Costco the next day, and I had some of that, and I'm still lactose intolerant, so the rest of my night was real bad.
0: Yeah, it's always a delicate balance with the food things. It's like you're younger and you can eat anything, and then you get older and suddenly your stomach's like, nope, I don't like that anymore, but your taste buds are still like, what? What are you talking about? We love that.
1: (laughs) And it wasn't until the day after the ice cream that I remembered that I'm lactose intolerant, and that's probably why my nights were so bad. And then the day after that, I had more vanilla ice cream. What reminded you? Uh, I don't know. I just don't have a great talent for introspection, so I don't think about stuff like that until after the fact.
0: Yeah, my week has been so complicated because, like, yeah, I get the stomach acid problems, Um But only every now and then, only occasionally. But for the past couple of weeks, I've been like, yeah, I can have a second coffee in the morning. That's fine. Well, coffee is one of the worst things you can do. So it's like, okay, immediately stop the coffee. But I'm terribly addicted to caffeine. So then I started getting the caffeine headaches. And you know the only thing that helps the caffeine headaches?
3: Salt water. Marijuana.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, But you know what's really bad for acid reflux? also caffeine so yeah. it, it's like maybe i should take something for my head well literally the only thing you can take is tylenol because everything else is bad for your stomach so it but yeah i didn't eat for a couple of days there
3: yeah i have a stomach acid and i i know that my number one culprit is coffee but what am i gonna stop drinking coffee forget that i need it all right it's, it's worth having the upset stomach to have the
1: energy it's like there's just trade-offs you know right yeah, then you can have a really high heart rate on the toilet it's a win win i i do
3: uh hereditarily have great poops so
1: ask anyone in my family i mean if we've if we've moved on from good thing to only okay thing then i should also mention that i watched lightyear and thor love and thunder and neither of them are going to get mentioned on good thing oh man I was looking forward to the new Thor. Me
0: too.
2: I can still
3: watch it? I could, but... You can enjoy it, even though Mike didn't think it was great. Yeah, I'm not the boss of you. Not the boss of his
1: taste buds. And Tori
3: those is... Those
0: Mar- Marvel movies and shows, they just keep coming out. And I, I have trouble keeping up with all the movies and shows.
1: Tori is well-established and self-diagnosed as being incredibly basic. So, yeah.
0: Hmm. Yes. Incredibly basic.
1: Uh. So yeah. Let's do some chapters. Sure.
3: What chapters do you want to do? I don't know. I didn't read anything this week. All about of them. All of the Dawn
1: Shard chapters that were this week. You want to read those? I I do want to read those. I intended to read those. I just
3: I just didn't. I mean, you want me to talk about them?
1: Yeah. Well, not Mike, until I've had, had a chance to read them. God. You have uh, to cover your ears to avoid spoilers, Mike. Alright, let me try that. Oh no, I'm wearing headphones. I can't.
3: It just made things worse. Like when Craig talks when I'm listening to the old episodes. <laughs> uh, Alright, chapter 14 through... 17, we'll say, of Dawn Shard by Brandon Sanderson. Chapter 14. Soon, everyone will know about cultivation's perpendicularity. So, horn eaters need to strengthen up. Framed has the same meaning as framed. If you, you if you try to find a better word to complain about, you might. The rubies in the cove are just red herrings. So yeah, there's this whole conversation because Cord is speaking a foreign language and Arisen says, Oh, yes, Nickley tried to frame you. And Cord is like, frame? Like a picture? And Cord is like, yeah, same word, different meaning. And then Cord's like, how crazy that the word framed, which means to encircle a picture and present it in a certain way, means to encircle someone's character and present it in a certain way. What, why are they use the same word for those two obviously completely different unrelated meanings? And you that's know, the end of chapter
2: 14. For <clears throat> for all you know, Brandon Sanderson translated Veden into it, whatever they were saying in, in Veden into English to say framed, when really they were talking about something else, which doesn't make as much sense as the word framed. So maybe in
3: Veden, framing a picture
1: means like selling it on the internet?
2: Yeah, you don't know, man.
1: <laughs> okay. Or fabricating evidence to imply that it, you know, committed murder. Case
2: in point, <laughs> all the birds are chickens. mm
1: Man, can you imagine, like, a Poirot scene where he outs the murderer and it's actually a painting? <laughs> yeah, I could. So could I. Now I want that in something.
3: It seems more Holmesian than Poirotian, maybe. I don't know. I've only read one of each, but yeah, that'd be pretty funny. Gotta read some more Agatha Christie novels.
2: Isn't that that the, they made a movie recently? Death on Probably the Probably make
3: murder on... Uh,
2: what? Who What? Death on the Nile. No, not that one. I think it's the Murder one Dave on was going to say.
3: Murder on the Orient Express?
2: Yeah, I didn't like that movie.
1: They make a movie of that like every ten years. Okay, Murder on the Orient Express was several years ago. Death on the Nile is the sequel to Murder on the Orient Express. And they're all based on Agatha Christie Poirot novels.
2: Like, I liked it until the ending, and then I'm like, this is stupid. But oh, don't spoil the quite, ending.
0: That's... It's famous for that ending.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's
3: one. of It's the Seinfeld syndrome. It's like, oh, I've seen this so many times. It's so passe. I'm
1: like, well, no, it was actually original and clever at the time.
2: Oh, OK.
1: I don't know. I kind of feel like the ending to Murder on the Orient Express still holds
2: up quite well. Well, it might not necessarily be the ending so much as how it was presented in the movie.
3: Mm, can't say I haven't seen the movie. I mean, I, mean, I can't what? say I haven't
2: seen the movie because I haven't, but I. The, the way it was shown in the movie was sort of silly and stupid.
1: The movie had a real dumb action scene right before the big reveal that was completely out of nowhere, had nothing to do with the book. And that part took me out a bit. But, but we're not talking about it. I think
2: I liked it. I think I liked it outside of that. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about Dawn Shard.
1: Talking about Dawnshard
2: yeah, and when why are we the word the framed, framed means framed. When are we going to get the movie version of Dawn Shard? Come on i well, yeah, we we'll certainly... get the movie versions of the other four Stormlight books
1: that came before it.
2: No, there better not be a movie version. I want a series.
1: And it won't not be early I... in the morning because dawn is hard.
0: What? <laughs> <laughs>
1: the same joke that Dave made like four weeks ago. Thank you.
3: I,
0: I don't think Craig was here for that joke.
1: He was, but he didn't get it. It took
3: him like the whole episode to get it.
0: Oh, so he still hasn't got it. All right.
2: I don't know
1: Reportedly,
3: was anymore. He
2: purportedly
1: got it. Dawn Shard. Dawn you know, is hard. got hard.
2: I got that the moment that it was read to me. didn't take me the whole episode. Come on, guys. Give me some credit.
3: It took him half the episode because he got it before spoiler time.
2: Anyway, yeah, I, I'm hoping Stormlight Archives is more than just a movie. Not because I just want more content, which I do. But if you try to cram any of this into a movie or and don't do the stupid multiple movies thing to cover one book, Hollywood, yeah. Brandon don't trim Sanderson stuff
3: off like like that unnameable movie that I must not mention about a very amazing animated TV series that deserved better than it got.
2: I'm not talking about that one either. But, yes, Hold that's on. also a good case of point. But I mean, that's
3: what happens when you try to take a season of a television series and put it into a movie.
1: Correct. Okay. That narrowed down which animated movie got like great animated series got a bad movie because there've been a bunch, man.
3: Even Transformers.
1: Uh, I was actually thinking more. Never mind. It, we're we're doing Dawn Shard. Eh. Hey. <laughs> we're doing like, keep keep doing the Huyo book.
2: How derailed are we? Come on, let's do this.
3: Man, we must have had some really short chapters if we have to pad the episode like this.
0: Um can you say it's padding the episode when we haven't even covered the chapters yet?
3: Oh we will. When? Alright, so you have anything else to add to chapter fourteen? Oh. Goo. There we go. Chapter fifteen. Oh yeah, there's also some like rubies in the cove and or something. I was just like, yeah, I mean you had a fake Santhid. Probably just fake rubies.
2: Those are just but... red gems, not red herrings.
3: Uh, Alright, chapter fifteen. <laughs> Ruby Herrings just a red herring. Sorry, uh, I knew Please Mike go was going to quote, quote Clue. Chapter 15. It's only a contradiction if you think about it. Chasm Fiend Pet. I think that's the one that bit off the Lopin's arm. Uh, the Oath Gate had been destroyed by the elements. Sure, let's go with that. And he's by eyeing a stairwell to Dead End. Rushu found it. That didn't take long. Why hide it? Any good cousin would be here to watch Huya get eaten by a monster. Next scene. Risen hears a bunch of and sees a ton of gross stuff. Hey, how did Nicola escape his bonds? The very Cosmere is at stake. Cord grabs Risen and dives into the water. It's a long chapter. I'm going to make Craig do the work.
2: Are your questions real or are they sarcastic?
3: My question of why hide the Oathgate? Yes. It's. I'm echoing the sentiment that was in the book.
2: But are, do you know why, or are you asking us why?
3: Well, yeah,
1: because the Cosmere's at stake.
2: All right, I, anyway, so...
1: I would like to point out that Dave's last bullet point is very nearly word-for-word word the last sentence of this chapter summary on the Copper Mind.
2: That is, yes. Oh, in the, co- the summary. Okay, so this chapter, uh, we have a loop in perspective. They're taking a look at the center of the supposed city, and it's... I think it's sort of clean of of creme, And, you know, that this is beyond the point where there's all those gems and everything like that. And they're looking for the Oath Gate. And it's like, well, it should be right here. Sort of where they're looking at the time. Um, And it's all weathered down. And it looks like the device itself has been broken. And it's sort of like, yeah, I guess it was destroyed by the elements. But then, like, something seems a little bit off. and doesn't feel right. So they're like, well... If the if this if the Oath Gate was actually not here, where would it be located, and and what would happen? Ruchu thinks about it. It's like, well, uh, if this was an old city, then it was probably covered up with some replacement at the time, so it should look for stairs or something like that to it's get like underneath.
3: The Oath Gate's exactly where they expect it to be. It looks exactly how they think it should look. And oops, it's broken.
2: Yep. So they find some staircase that would be roughly in the same location as that. Uh, but unfortunately, it ends into a dead end. But Rushu happens to have a soul caster in her pocket. So she turns the wall into smoke and then they find the actual Oathgate location underneath all of that. And it was just sort of hidden away. Um, she also so.
3: happens to have a a jeweler's microscope like in her pocket. Yep. You so know, because doesn't she, everyone carry she that a, around? Is she a Zelda? She might be a Zelda. She it's, might be. <laughs> or she might be a point-and-click Sierra game. Also,
2: <laughs> it's like good thing I picked that up in
1: Act One, huh? A jeweler's microscope, by the way. It's called a loop. I don't know why it has a very specific name, but it does, and I know it. You only know that because it was in the book. Ha! Jokes on you. I didn't read the chapters this week. I just knew that. Uh, nice. Oh, it, it, the word does appear
3: in the book. The loopin.
2: So then, in part two, we switch over to Risen's perspective, uh, and they they start seeing a bunch of Kremlings coming together. They like one's carrying an eyeball, and they have flesh on them, and it looks really weird. And then they come together to form a Nickly. Uh, yeah, so is... I have a
3: question: um, yeah. Are they actually so they they control the swarm of Kremlings?
2: They're Hordlings. I...
3: whatever. They control the swarm of Kremlings. So some of them might be ceilings. Right, I thought that they just like they made the the crabs rearrange in such a way to look like a human, but apparently that's not the case. The case no. is that each of the pieces is holding like a little piece of flesh, and okay. they rearrange all the little pieces of flesh together in the shape of a human.
2: So the, there is a distinction between hoardlings and kremlings, and the problem is the people who see this that isn't a, a sleepless they keep confusing the two because to them it's the same thing the reason this is is because the sleepless have evolved themselves the pieces of themselves have evolved over time to look like kremlings so that way they could blend in but there's also other types of hoardlings that could be different body parts and that's what they have evolved into so while it looks like they're carrying pieces of flesh and eyeballs and things like that it's more like they're actually made up of those things, and it's just the only way that the people looking at like, Risen can see this is if they think that, that these are just Kremlings carrying it. But in reality, these are just specific hoardlings that have certain tasks, and together, like a puzzle, they come together to form a body. Less Chondra, more...
0: Uh, Constructicons.
2: Yeah. Selective breeding to, to make
1: the elusive eyeball crab. Exactly. Although I'm not, okay. sure, I'm not
2: sure if it actually is a functional eyeball so much as it just looks like an eyeball. So yeah, they didn't Nick, actually Nick
0: like... Nickley was really proud of his functional eyeballs in an earlier chapter.
2: That's true. Nickley specifically has functional eyeballs, but some of the other sleepless are just... they don't.
1: So you have to feed a brown crab a thousand gissel greens, uh, and then you have to race it up to S rank. <laughs> and then you breed it with a blue crab, uh, and you you feed that different greens. I forget which kind. You have to race it up to
2: S rank.
0: And eventually you get the golden eyeball and that allows you to get Knights of the Round.
2: Anyway, Thank so Nickle pops up after he's recreated from these Hordlings. And then he makes a comment that the, the very Cosmere is at stake, which is why they're doing what they're doing and why they have to die. Um, but Cord is like, haha, I distracted them. Hold your breath. And then she grabs Risen and they <laughs> jump into the water.
3: She distracts him by cussing out Nickly.
2: <laughs> hey, in whatever works. Day. Whatever works.
3: It looks like we're gonna have to jump.
1: Sploosh. And that's the end of chapter 15, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, so the line in the copper mind is, Cord grabs Risen and jumps overboard.
2: Oh, uh, so close, yeah, Dave. That had,
1: that had boards, that's right. Forgot
2: they, about
3: the boards.
2: Dave better not be looking at the copper mind to get his, the points is all i'm saying
3: no nah, i write them myself out of my own trip to the book and sometimes i write stuff directly from the book but it's usually obvious when i do that because i write it in quotation marks but you can't see the quotation marks unless you're watching live on our discord channel while we record but how would someone
1: do such a thing tori
0: why does it always fall to me because
1: you know the most I've, I've been calling on Craig for a while. I've only recently switched oh. to you.
0: Okay. Uh, so if you visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Cosmerecast, then you'll find a link to our Discord server. And you don't have to pay for the Patreon thing to find the link to the Discord server. But it's nice if you do.
1: And if someone did become a patron, what might they expect to be able to listen to before the end of this month?
0: Oh, before the end of this month. Uh, well, we're we're going to record a special episode about uh, Terminator versus Terminator Two. Is that going to be up this month?
1: Darn tootin', it will.
0: Oh, that's fancy. Yeah, because we haven't even recorded that yet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good luck, future us. Okay, I think we're we're done plugging ourselves for a while. Uh, Dave, you want to take us into the next chapter?
3: Oh yeah, I'll I'll unplug ourselves. Um, but then we'll lose all of our hemallergic healing powers and probably die. Yeah, that's that's worth it. Chapter sixteen. Cord, you're swimming the wrong way. Yeah, these ocean fears seem kind of thirsty. Risen licks the wall to burn tin, and here the Iamians are following. Risen <laughs> still has her sea legs. Cord finds shard plate and some fabrials, golden runes and stuff with mostly symmetrical pieces. Guardians of ancient sins. Chair rubies for armor. Mural explodes and then doesn't. Risen deserves Vistam's trust. Time to prove it. So they're in some underwater, underground, covern thing, and as they're diving into the water, Risen's fears and laments of her post-accident life uh keep uh, rushing upon her and causing her tempting her to despair and i believe one of you mentioned before about the the first d sharks one of you talking about the first d sharks were possibly in the waters at imea yes uh yeah. that was
1: that was my theory on the big thing in under the water yeah yeah so i wonder if this is where you got that theory from from the same books that i or the same novella that i've previously read no no, I was I was pulling stuff out of my butt, intentionally trying to mislead you, Dave. I meant from this week's chapters. But Maybe. as established, I didn't read this week's chapters. Checkmate, you read Mike. Them. <laughs> no,
3: Mike check. You read them in the past. I also hadn't read these chapters when you posited that theory. So where did you get that information? Uh,
1: I, I just thought it would be funny if they had imported the horrifying... Psychic hunting sea monsters from First of the Sun over to Roshar. Alright,
3: so they're they're there, yeah, and they find this little cove cave, and Risen, they find Risen a spear, because she still has her floating chair, but it's still connected to the gemstones on the ship, so it's a little wibbly-wobbly, but not woobly-wobbly, because the waters are relatively still, but, you know, she's kind of, like, rocking along in her chair as the boat is rocking. But they find a spear so that she can row herself around the cave. And Cord finds the shard plate that she was looking for, uh, that she mentioned in chapter 14 that we forgot to talk about. <laughs> I guess said something about the horn eaters defending themselves. And that specifically oh, yeah. is why why Cord wanted to come on this mission because she wanted to claim some shards. For you mentioned her cultiva- right.
2: cultivation's per- perpendicularity and everything, and we just sort of closed yeah. it. Yeah.
3: And because once the world learns of Perpendicular's uh, cultivation arity, then Cord and her people will need a way to defend themselves. Uh, and there's some golden runes. There's like this something. I think this is where the real Oath Gate or something is. I don't know. This is kind of weird. I don't know what's going on here. There's some golden runes with like a broken sunshine and it starts talking to Risen. It talks about the guardians of ancient sins. You know, it's like it's kind of taking over her. Could this be a shard? It's kind of taken over Risen's mind, and which is something that shards sort of do, and you know, giving her thoughts like, "Ah, yeah, come the ancient guardians of sin, or the guardians of ancient sins." And then you know, the, the mural like explodes with light, and Risen's like, "Am I blind? No, I'm not blind." And it stopped talking to her. So I don't know. Um... Court has some very fashionable boots on by this point, and she needs gemstones to charge up the armor. So they take the rubies out of Risen's chair, and you know they need to activate the shard plate so that they have some way of defending themselves against the Iomians. Uh But it's not enough of the it's not enough gems to power the the shard plate, unfortunately. And Risen's just sitting there with a spear in her hand. She's like, well. Time to do what I do best, and that's the end of chapter sixteen.
1: So do you want to hear something fun, Dave? Okay. Uh, so this novella was released after the preview chapters for Rhythm of War, but before Rhythm of War. Oh. In one of the preview chapters, it was offhandedly mentioned that Cord had shard plate, and at the time, uh, I think my assumption was that it was like originally Amaram shard plate that Rock got for. Shooting him with an arrow, right? That would make sense, but but it's actually here.
2: Uh, yeah. So, Dave, I'll give you one thing. Um, this is not the Earth Gate. The where it Ruchu almost seems is.
3: Elantrian. Like this seems Elantrian. It's weird.
0: No, no, no. It's almost like somebody cut off this week's chapters before the good part in order to make Dave speculate. Let's enjoy this.
2: Yeah, yeah, so the Craig. Only thing I will what give happened? You is i'm not answering any of that but uh i will give you that where rushu is is the actual oath gate and this is not that
3: right because they find the neat oath gate and then they cut underneath and it's like ah here's the real oath gate under here but then at least the lopen has to bail because well he checks his he checks his cell phone to see if he gets has a text from huyo and he doesn't but he's still kind of wary so he goes back to the shore
2: I think it's more of a page and the pager, you know, for, yeah, for people who are that old. I couldn't
1: think of the I think of think the real word. <laughs> well, who you uh, were supposed to text when he got home safe and he didn't yet. So, yeah.
2: Well, remember, it's like one slow blink is OK and three fast blinks is I'm in danger and we got zero blinks. What does that mean? It's that nothing it means
3: I either <laughs> fell asleep or I'm in super danger.
2: It's true. I wonder what chapter 17 is going to tell Span
3: us. And read. That's what it's called. Yeah,
2: it's a sprint recap. Yes,
3: yeah, yeah. That's what it is. It's it's half a dead sprint or a live. It's half a, a live sprint actually. Um, all right. Chapter seventeen. Oh wait, I want to talk about this mural thing though. What
1: would you like to say about the mural thing?
3: So oh, there's some golden runes and stuff, and I was like, could this possibly be sellish? And then, the, but they also say that the rooms are all the runes are almost symmetrical. So that sounds very uh, planet we're on, Ian. And so I'm like, ah, maybe not. I don't know which shard could it be.
2: And that something was broken into four parts, and then something else was broken. Each of those was broken into four parts.
3: Yeah. Oh, so it's preservation because preservation's number is sixteen, Ian. That's no, it's it's a pizza. Well, sometimes if I'm not very hungry, I haven't cut my pizza into six slices because I'm not hungry enough to eat eight. Checkmate Dave. So, chapter 17? Chapter 17. A little five-pager here. Huyo is saved, and the Lopin is humble. Yep. How can the Lopin protect those he hates? What's the big deal about secrets?
2: There's another right. secret.
3: Yeah, and... Risen wants to deal with the Iameans in secrets. She's like, you know, her merchant mind is always thinking, what is it that people need? And she knows that the Iameans need people to keep their secrets. So she's like, I can offer that. What what can I do? How can I how can I connect the needs of the people with the people?
2: Okay. Even exactly what we've seen in the book so far, here's how they have kept the secret. They had A mission, a boat was sent there where a rebel soulcaster tried to flee to IMEA because she figured that would be the solution to her soulcasting thing. And everyone was killed off and they tried to, to sink the ship, but it didn't make it. And the second time around, someone else was trying to kill everyone on the ship. And that also failed. So are they doing a good job at whatever the heck is secret that they're trying to keep here? And the
3: Cosmere is at stake for some reason. And the Cosmere's at
2: stake. So Wait, that actually. It like they it really need sense. help. Maybe is there I'm is
3: saying. a shard down there. Like, okay, so there's there's an oath gate there. And so you're thinking, like, oh, why is the Cosmere at stake because of this oath gate? But Risen actually, when she finds the golden mural and the voice starts talking to her, she realizes that whatever this thing is, that that is the secret of Iamia that the natives are trying to protect. And it actually, like, now that I'm thinking about it, it probably is a shard, because, like, oh, man, when people take up these shards, like, everything gets screwy wooey. So it actually kind of makes sense that they would want to prevent people from uh, bonding with the shard. All right, Dave, I have a question for you. Uh, autonomy. Did Kelsier design this island? Um, <laughs> yeah, he designed all the traps to kill Hoyd, because Kelsier hates Hoyd.
0: Because there's always another secret.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, although to be fair, he learned that from Lord Ruler, and he displayed it with the Bands of Mourning. Right, that's true. He did put a lot of trap. Oh no, what? So he Kelsier put all the traps in the cave and left the Bands of Mourning under the doormat. Right. So like, I guess if Kelsier designed this island, then like. The glowy chippy thingy would have been, you know, in the uh, at the shore. But the fact that the glowy chippy thingy like talks to people's brains means they, they probably has to keep it some distance from where people are likely to go. It's the Lux Brand that actually lead Cord and Risen to the area where the mural is, huh?
1: Okay. New question. Is the mural Nightblood's brother?
3: The mural is a class five cognitive entity. So Nightblood's uncle. Wait, could the mural be Storm Uncle? I was I was literally just about to ask you that. <laughs> oh man. Oh dude. Okay, it would be a, enough. All right. All right. Update. It doesn't have to be a shard to be devastating to the Cosmere. It could actually just be a Sprin that makes someone a bondsmith, like because if someone who if someone who understood bondsmith powers better than Dalinar did were to become a Bondsmith, then that could have devastating consequences for the Cosmere.
1: You mean, like, if there were, a, say, a sword that someone could just hold and have Bondsmith powers? Like, kind of like the Herald Blades do, but with, like, Bondsmith powers. Oh, man. That would be
3: insane. I guess such a thing does exist somewhere, you'd think, right?
1: Yeah, we've already got one of those.
2: I can't tell if we're being sarcastic or not. Oh, each of, the, each of the honor blades is specific to similar to a Knight Radiant order. So there is a Bondsmith. Sword. Right. So
1: there would be a Bondsmith sword. Yeah, we've already got one. Tell him we've already got one.
2: Hey, hey, Dave, we already got one. Uh,
3: wait, it's not Talon LNLNL, and, L and L, is it?
2: No, he's uh, maybe this, it's
3: maybe it's a, a girl. What's that girl's name? Ash? Yeah, what's what's her order? She, she all from the sky.
2: Her, she was a Lightweaver. <laughs> Oh, uh,
3: she was a lightweaver. Nail is a skybreaker, but he also doesn't have his sword. Who
1: it What? No. Nail Nail explicitly Nail does, does have his sword.
2: Nail still has the honor blade. He actually went to go get it back.
1: Oh, he got it back. Well he
3: gave it. Oh, okay. So who has the honor blade sword then? Or the on the Bondsmith honor blade.
2: That's a good question, Dave. You tell us.
3: We already have one, you said.
0: You haven't. Oh
3: seen it yet. wait. It's Probably was Amaram. No, Amram got his sword from, from Hilarion. Amram
2: had... Yeah, he had the Windrunner one at one point, which is the same one. Yeah, uh, yeah he had that beginning. one. Well, he had
3: the
1: one... At one point, he took uh, Talon's sword, right? And, okay. Just to remind you of things that you know, um, Skybreaker sword, Nail has it. Uh, Windrunner sword, a bunch of people have had it. It's It's just out and about in the world. It was just stolen from Bridge Four, I believe. Talon Sword disappeared shortly after he appeared. No idea what's going on with that. Uh, and then the Does rest the of the honor, honor have
3: sword? that sword now. No, oh, he had the Windrunner sword, then gave it to Bridge Four, then it got stolen.
1: Yeah, uh, the rest of the honor blades should be held by the Shin. They're supposed to be anyway. Right, and that's what you know about that. And
2: they care okay. so much about the blades that they let Zeth truthless of Shinovar, just take one with him when he left shin ovar well
3: wasn't he truthless because he said the knights radiant were returning
2: yes and they let him take one of the blades with him when he left
3: but but if, if he he's a knight why did seth think the knights radiant were returning and why did the shin not believe him good
2: question dave so that's actually but
3: you know doesn't like, oh, you know. Radiant are returning, but I I don't have to be one because I have an honorably Maybe Seth took the. Who said that? No, oh, they said. Did, did, did they specifically give it to him? Oh, because it, of as uh... far as we know, they well. Okay, we but he also that. had an oath stone, right? So like part of yep. this is okay. Now he has this rock that he has to obey, and not new. Not to be confused with Numuhuku, Makiaki, Aya, but he has the the orb, right? The people with the orb get to control. The Honor Stone. Blade, yeah, the Oathstone. So who? the The real question is, why did the Shin give up his Oathstone, and they gave it to Risen.
2: So the path Risen that they we know, Risen,
3: they gave it to Vistim, right?
2: Yeah, Vistim at one point traded for Zeth, but he didn't hold on to him for very long, and he traded to someone else, and that's how it got in the world. And then we saw some of the other trades eventually. So the thing I wanted to tell you is, keep in mind that Zeth's prequel book. Uh, not prequel, but his, um, the, uh... Novella? Or his focus book? His focus book is book five.
3: That's the one, that's Kings of Way. That's the one that where one we're going to
2: get flashbacks. Uh, it's going to be Zed's uh, flashbacks. So
3: we'll probably oh, cool.
2: know more about this in book five. That's the cow book, yes.
1: Yeah, I hear that one is quite moving. I hope there actually are cows in it. I don't think we've established that cows are on Roshar. And I'm pretty sure they aren't, except maybe in shinovar But I hope there's cows in it.
3: I bet there's chickens. Cow and chicken.
2: Does anyone want to take up that bet? All
3: right. Probably is. <laughs> so, Seth, why did they give up? So they didn't so much as give an honor blade to Seth. They tied the, the use of the honor blade to the Oath Stone. But then they went and yes. sold the Oath Stone to Vistam. And he gave them, what did he give him? like grass seeds or something? He gave him something so- dumb.
2: No, so one of our l- listeners pointed out that Vistam was given Zeth for free. So, uh, Vistam did a trade. There was a trade, but... Um, yeah.
1: I believe he traded metal that had been soul cast from wood into metal, but they ended up having to throw it out because they couldn't accept anything in exchange for a truthless. Uh, mm, there you go. Alright, so
3: are, are all of the Honor Blades tied to someone with an earthstone Stone, or just
1: that one or just some of them or just sometimes as far as i know and this is information you should have um the shin keep hold of the honor blades and just just with them have groups of people who train with them
3: yeah hmm so i think i will continue to say that the mural is storm uncle because oaths are not having somebody as a bondsmith seems like it could do some damage to the cosmere, like if Dalinar could mess around with connection, move a perpendicularity give give people like they can give give and take away connection to shards
1: and most importantly, stick chairs to walls that is that is too yeah. much power for one man to have <laughs> I wonder if each of
3: the the bondsmithspren will have different oaths or like have different personalities like we already know that cultivation and honor are not i'm sorry we already know that night watcher and storm father are like very different personalities uh given we what we've probably seen require of the, different things or their bondsmiths
2: what we've seen of the windrunner ideals is that um well at least we've seen teffs versus Kaladin's. it's similar like it has a certain theme to it but the ideals are specific per person we got the same
1: information from the skybreakers which is like each each level has its sort of theme but then the specifics of the specifics of that I'm good at talking on a podcast yeah uh the specifics of it are like independent like they go they change from person to person like soylent cola
3: okay i think i still don't know who storm uncle is i think it was one of those oh you saw his name like, randomly dropped at one point. Yes. Yeah, so, all right, that's my official guess, is that the mural is Storm Uncle, or in some way related to Storm Uncle. All right, so in Chapter 17, we learn that the Lopin has been trying to swear the, I don't know, second ideal? Or third, third, ideal, third ideal? Third ideal. Because the second one is just general, protecting people. The third one is, I will protect those, even I even those I hate. And the Lopin is saying, you know, oh, I can't get my shard blade because I don't hate anybody. These rules are so unfair. And I think I think he maybe might hate Moash. There's one person in the world that the Lopin could maybe come around to, to learning to dislike a little bit. It's probably Moash.
2: Is it required that he has to hate somebody, though? Do you think? I think. Yeah, kind of. Like, you think that's a requirement? I to mean, Rui
3: doesn't accept the words. He doesn't. Because, I mean, the LoPEN
2: can't mean it, right? He doesn't, if he doesn't have the experience of hatred, then he, he can't he, yes, mean he the He has words. to mean the words. But I'm asking if you think it's a requirement that hating something is part of the Windrunner ideals.
3: I think that you have to experience hate to truly mean the words of the third ideal. And since. Since the Lopin hasn't had the experience, he can't have, you know, the true intention of the third ideal. You and, know, like we saw Kaladin, right? And Kaladin, what did he have to protect the King Elokar or something?
1: And he really yeah. hated that guy. Kaladin hates lots of people.
3: So, um, well, that's why it was so easy to get the Soul blade, I guess.
2: He, he will protect uh, those that deserve it, even if they hate them. And, even if he hates them. Okay, so your
1: gold standard for someone for L- the Lopin to hate is Moash. You know, that's just the
3: most obvious example of someone that, no, that the Lopin might hate. But what about Zane? What I'm about sure Gaz? You met him. Who's Jazz? Gaz. Gaz? The A one-eyed nice. guy who ran the bridges? Yeah, Gaz. I thought you said Jazz. Yeah, Gaz? No, that I would don't... be Yaz. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. I think that the Lopin probably doesn't hate gaz i mean it's not like gaz did to the lopin what gaz did to kaladin he he didn't you know like he he doesn't hate nickley i i can't even see him really hating nickley at any point in this book despite what's happened uh who else could he hate i mean amaram is a good candidate but now he's dead sadius would have been a good candidate but same problem yeah if only the Lopin were there to keep Adolin from killing Sadius. What if it's Adolin?
1: What if, what if the only person who hates Adolin is the Lopin?
3: Well, now you're just being ridiculous. The Lopin is impossible of hating anyone, and Adolin is impossible to hate. So it's not even like... You're not even talking about immovable objects and unstoppable force. You're talking about immovable objects and
1: twig. Uh, stick, I believe you mean. Nah, stick's fire. Stick is he explicitly wants, he, not fire.
3: He wants to be, just, you know, he just doesn't know
1: it yet. Did I, did I ever tell you my theory? My theory that stick is actually a shard
2: in hiding. Yes, uh, I don't think so. Oh, no, Dave was will to it in spoiler time. I don't need to hear it again.
1: Okay, stick is a shard. It's it's nice. the sixteenth shard. Not not that that's its number. Just we have names for I think almost everybody else. Uh, stick is a shard in hiding. On Roshar. That's why it wouldn't be fire. Stick, stick, stick. That actually makes sense. Because Stick's identity is so
3: conformed to the Stick Shard at this point. That, yeah, that makes sense. Like, why else would Stick not have a malleable identity when most Sticks do? You know, most Sticks remember being alive or long to be part of a piece of furniture or a campfire or something. Being a Shard is just the only thing that would really override it in my book. All right, so that's enough about uh, the lopin and stuff. Uh, but the the big the big thing that we didn't actually talk about is at the end of chapter seventeen, Risen gets out this little trading table, sits on a mat, and puts her palms up. and And as Nikoli is walking up, Risen says, "This is the gesture of the Thalen for when we want to open negotiations for trade." And yeah, as mentioned. The thing that, uh, that Risen is offering Nickly is protection of his people's secrets. And we'll see where that goes when we finish up the book next week.
2: Hold on, I, I gotta read this. This is from Dave's brother. Not the 16th shard, but the 16th shard. Duh. Ask him about the pooping. <laughs> he can hear you, so go ahead. Yeah.
1: Doesn't our family have great poops?
2: Oh my gosh. Can we kick Dave off,
1: Mike? Does Dave specifically, within the context of your family, have great poops? That honor goes to my father. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: yeah, I think we're done with Dave. I, I think it's time for, for Dave to not be here anymore. All right, guys. Uh, join us next week when we finish Dawn
3: Shard with our new, new, old new reader, Seth. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye, Dave.
3: Dave's gone. Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now.
1: I don't know what he was talking about with joining us for Seth.
2: Yeah, is is he just, like, bringing Seth back without asking him? I don't even know, you know that he... he knows
1: Seth's last name in order to, like, get a hold of him on Facebook, which is the only contact point I have with him.
2: Anyway, uh, I got some quotes, uh, bullet points, I guess, whatever we're calling these things. <laughs> but before I begin, Dave, I think, has a really good point about Bondsmiths being very powerful, and he hasn't seen what happens in Rhythm of War.
1: Okay, so... but his, his point is that a free Bondsmith would be dangerous. Which, correct, but then he described a regular spren-bonded bondsmith, which is contained. Yes. A free yeah, bondsmith well, would be the thing I described,
2: which would be having the honor blade. And that would be scary, as we've seen from Ishar. It's pretty scary. and But I, I'm still not convinced it's Cosmere-wide danger. Like, I still think there are limits to the power. But I guess it depends on what what you're messing with connection wise to be able to do it. So I I definitely think the power level's high and, and the danger is is up there. But I'm not fully convinced it's like this is Cosmere Y compared to what's actually uh, there at IMEA.
1: So why didn't Dave guess that it was a Dawn Shard, a.k.a. the title of the book?
2: <laughs> I think it's a shard wait, it's preservation, and it's like, what? No, that's not what I was getting at at all, but I'm just not going to say anything anymore.
1: Like, was he doing a bit and intentionally not do? We'll never know. We'll never know.
2: Well, they're going to actually use the term Dawnshard, I think, next chapter, so, you know, they'll figure yeah, it out. Yeah, but this week they hadn't yet, but it's the title of the thing. We can We can make fun of him next week when he actually reads the thing.
0: Oh, no, we can make fun of him now. <laughs> He's not here for it. <laughs>
2: Well, I like uh, to make fun of him and his face. So I uh, I look forward to po- pulling his leg next week. All right. Chapter 14. Uh, this is core talking. She says my father could be both about being a radiant and having shard um, plates and stuff. But he thinks tradition is more important than our people. I will do this thing instead. I will find treasures. We must be strong. So strong. But the reason I wanted to highlight that is the fact that she says she We'll do the thing instead. Corda is a, a twin of his first child, I believe. So she's basically like an heir or if she's the second child, she's, I don't know, whatever the second child does in a in a horn eater society. Like she's not a warrior is what I'm getting at. Warriors are like fourth children down.
1: Yeah, fourth, fourth down. Third is cook. Second, we don't know. And then first is heir, I guess. Farmer.
2: Probably. Yeah, that's true. Farmer, like farming, making stuff. That's the best. So it may just be because Cord is not as traditional. um, And, and Rock is, is, of course, very traditional. He's turning himself in like we know that. So Rock is is very traditional. That could be just his point of view. And Cord is like, you know what? No, I don't really care about this order of things. I'm just going to make sure that our people can protect the perpendicularity. OK. Uh, moving on. I did highlight the frame talk just in case Dave didn't talk of it. That's silly. Cause of course Dave would talk about it. Okay. Chapter 15. Um, this is Lopin. <clears throat> Excuse me. The city had a curious shape. Uh, this is, uh, Lopin's actually looking at the city like a flower with radiating petals. The rest of the island was boring. One big long beach. So my picture in my mind was, I guess, sort of like a spiral type pattern like a flower with a radiating with radiating petals. To me that's like it's like this multi um line spiral sort of like a galaxy or or something like that. And it also sort of reminds me a little bit of the overall design of Because Roshar. Roshar, the graph if you look at the map of Roshar as a graph, it is a fractal pattern. Uh I forget which pattern exactly it is, but it's it's that shape and I feel like this is a small. It's a different fractal, but it's that same sort of thing. Uh, that's just the picture I had in my head. I don't know how accurate that is.
1: Well, it's it's almost certainly got a cymatic pattern.
2: So sure, they have to. Okay, um, Cord says something to Nickly. The Horn Eater spoke in her musical language, and the creature remarkably uh, responded in kind. But I just wanted to highlight that the the Horn Eater language sounds more musical, which of course is somewhat similar to the Parshendi Singer languages. It's close. Like as as we've seen from like Venli's perspective, it's almost like they can have their emotions in the in the words in a in a certain rhythm. And I feel like in this case horn eaters are a little more closer than others. At least that's what it sounds like.
1: Well, horn eaters and what is the lopen? Herdasian. Herdasians. Uh they have some some singer interbreeding blood. with the parsh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I highlighted the cultivation perpendicularity. You have long guarded it. It is regrettable that you join this expedition. We will do not kill your people lightly. So I just wanted to highlight that. And Dave, of course, saw it as well. But this might be the first time we're actually seeing in the text that the perpendicularity in the Horn Eater Peaks is cultivations. So Right here. Boom. We know. Okay. Uh, Nick Lee saying the very Cosmere is at stake. A few deaths now, however, regrettable will prevent catastrophe so yeah this is a dawn shard this is specifically the dawn shard of change and i sort of want to highlight here that it's like this is how important it is like the whole cosmere is at stake so we know that the dawn shards were used to shatter adonalsium at one point which created the 16 shards which is exactly what the mural is showing you because it's the four and the and each of the four is broken into four but it's interesting that like people they're you know, they're willing to kill people. The Cosmere's at stake. How how strong is a Dawn Shard?
1: Um, we will never know. And by that I mean we will almost certainly find out. We will we will for sure, before the Cosmere's over, get somebody with a lot of investure and a Dawn Shard at the same time, and we'll get to see it working.
2: I mean, if anything we'll have the dra- uh, yeah, Dragon Steel, the, the prequel book of the the Cosmere prequel book and they use it there
1: and their plan of kill everybody that shows up and or let them steal stuff from the beach and run away uh is bad the moment that a major power takes an interest and is willing to throw more resources at it
2: that's what i was trying to get to dave about um their plan is bad this isn't gonna work not not when you have actual night radiance that are popping up and have more powers. It would have worked a little bit depending on the technology level of Roshar and what was happening. But we're at the point where they can get around a lot of the things that we're putting up. And if you start killing a bunch of people or you show a lot of treasure there, it just encourages more people to go there it is the opposite of what they want to do. They need Risen to protect this better. They just bad, man. They're bad at this job. Court um, says my father has always had the blessings of Spren. They used to the strengthen his arm when he drew the bow of ours in the peaks, but I've never known such blessings. So I think, Mike, you asked how the heck did he use a shard bow back in the last book. This is how he got what he got all Spren roided up. Yeah, whatever that means to have the blessings of Spren. He has that. I'm curious if he has a gem heart.
1: His arm better have a gem heart.
2: <laughs> well, they made something like that. Uh, it, it it does sound like Spren are capable of much more than what the people realize. Like we, we see them forming the hail bonds, uh, but they also form the hail type bonds with other animals, not just people. Uh, we've seen the singers use the Spren inside their gem heart. So the Spren have a lot more to it, and we only get like sort of a glimmer of it. Um Okay. So this is about the mural that Risen sees people with hands forward falling through what appear to be portals emerging into light. So I'm not sure if this is showing a way from the physical into the cognitive realm or because of the way it's describing that they are going into light. If this is a physical to spiritual realm transition, which if we're talking about Dawn shards and what exactly are doing, I feel like that could be more true that this is there's lots of ways that we have to go between the physical and cognitive realm, but there's very little to actually get into the spiritual realm. Like there's certainly no way to travel into the spiritual realm because the amount of investiture that there is so strong. But um, what if what if this is some sort of connection? What if this is what the Dawn chart is allowing is some stronger opening into the spiritual realm? Sort of spitballing here. Uh, man, I don't know. I don't... We don't know enough. I don't...
1: I don't feel like I personally know enough to even, like, start speculating on Dawnshard stuff
2: beyond what we already have. Okay. Uh, and talking about what she sees, the peculiar letters were art themselves, curling around the outside of the exploding sun, which was divided into mostly symmetrical pieces, four of them, each in turn broken into four smaller sections. I feel like this is depicting the breaking of Adenalsium into sixteen shards. I mean, yeah, that, that seems likely. With each what's supposed to be a Dawn Shard actually breaking each of the quarters into four more pieces, but that's sort of that is speculation on my part. And then the thing talks in her mind, you were brought here, she thought to herself, by one of the guardians of ancient sins. So is that is that Cherry Cherry? Is, is is that a guardian of ancient sin?
1: Uh, I think we get told explicitly later on that, that yes, that the Larkins used to be in charge of guarding this place, and then the, uh, the Sleepless took over once they couldn't anymore? I don't know why.
2: Well, the, the book says you were, uh, wait, wait, that made sense. Wait, did it? Yes, she thought. You were. There are few of them left, so that'd be few Larkin left. And so the Sleepless take up the tasks. So that means the Larkins aren't necessarily native to Roshar, if that's the case. Or, or or maybe they are, and that's just where the Dawn Shard was hidden, uh, is is with the Larkin. But the Sleepless, we know, are not native to Rochar. And their task is to protect the Dawnchard so they don't get out into the Cosmere. Okay, one more. And this is uh after Risen accepted the Dawn Shard uh and, and Nikli's appearing. There was still that strange heat in the back of her mind. The pressure, the command. And uh, earlier we see that the command has actually changed. So This is highlighting, of course, number one, that she has the Dawn Shard in her head, but that specifically it's not an intent, which is what the shards are, but a command. As we learned from Vasher, when you have some, when you're trying to use investiture, at least on uh, Nalthus, there's a command and there is an intent. You have to have the proper intent and you have to know the proper command in order to do a thing. And this is very similar to what we're seeing here. The dawn shards are commands. There's four of them, and the shards are intents. This is see. This is why I don't like using the same word dawn shard and shard. But the shards, the sixteen shards, are the in different intents of Adonalsium. And that's it. That's all I got. Cool. And next week we finish a novella. Hooray! Right. Are we
1: did, just doing cast list as part of rhythm of war? I like would we did. think so. I don't feel like there's enough new in this to.
2: Yeah, we would essentially cast Nickly and and uh, Rushu, and that's it. And Cord, maybe. Cord, true, yeah, and Cord. Maybe Huyu. I don't. I don't feel it. This is this is the biggest part he's
1: gotten so far. So maybe Huyu too.
2: I mean, he gets to swear his okay. Spoilers, if anyone's still sticking around, <laughs> Dan. Um going to swear his ideal like in the middle of a battle, which is going to be cool. So he, he's going to do a thing. And then Lopin
1: doesn't get to swear his until after.
2: Yeah. Because it's because so that's how the Lopin works. It's it so, is good. so good. I did want to talk a little bit about that, but I think I'll wait till next week. But hearing Lopin's uh, third ideal, it will show you more of what the third ideal actually means. The problem is the wording we've only seen so far is, I will protect those I hate. But the important part is, I will protect, not the those I hate. It's just the, I will protect people or something based on some caveat that makes it really hard to do so.
1: It's, I will protect, even in a worst-case personal scenario.
2: Yes, right. And we did, I feel like, especially in Chapter 17, we are seeing the Lopen act more like a jerk to Hoyo. And Hoyo just rolls with it. Like, he, he's used to this sort of thing. But we do get to see a little bit of that, that understanding. Anyway, uh, you guys have anything? Nope. Nah, think I'm good. Sounds like we're done.
0: Okay. Good night, Internet.
2: Bye, everybody. Bye.
0: This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening.